today on Italian radio show. Italians coming to America, challenges and accomplishments of Italian immigrants in the USA. Coming right up on Italian radio show. Alla più piano e nessuno sentirà Il nostro amore lo viviamo io e te Nessuno sa la verità Nel cielo che ci guarda da lassù Insieme a te io resterò Amore mio, sempre così Alla più piano e vieni più vicino a me Voglio sentire gli atti tuoi Folks, and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show here with KMET 1490 AM Palm Springs, 98.1 FM, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. My name is Tony Lestella, your host, and I have the lovely Marzia Caputo, my co-host here from Vincenza, Italy. Marzia, how are you doing today? Doing great. Ciao a tutti. Doing good. Doing good. Well, we're so, so excited about this show because this particular show, we're going to talk all about, you know, Italian immigrants, Italians coming to America. So it's really a great topic. We have uh, a great guest and a lot of fun stuff we're going to do today. Folks, you may be listening to us throughout the Southern California area on KMET, but you also may be picking up our signal on other stations across the country because we have many wonderful affiliate stations. And you can always hear us online from your computer or your mobile device. If you go to our website, WCIR.biz, just remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio. WCIR.biz, there's a link you can click at the top of the page, which will bring you right to our show page here at KMET. And from there, every Monday, 4 o'clock Pacific time, you can stream a brand new show. Uh, and then as soon as we're done, our show goes up into archives. And it's available there with all of our other wonderful shows for the last seven years. We are in our eight-year broadcasting here. So make sure you share all of this with your friends and family. We have listeners all across the country, all around the world, in fact, who listen to us online each week or listen to our shows whenever they want, 24-7 in archives. However you're listening, we love our listeners wherever they are around the country, around the world. Marcia, you know, this is always a lot of fun doing this show with you. Thank you. And, you know, interesting topic we have the Italian immigrants, because in a way, you're kind of like an Italian immigrant here. You, uh, you know, you're from Vincenza, Italy. You married a U.S. Um, m- a military person, and yeah. you came here to this country, and you've, uh, you have a wonderful family. And as many Italian immigrants, you have contributed so much you know, to um, to the people here in this country whose lives you touch. I know you've contributed a lot and have really touched my life. So oh. I think that's kind of the story of many Italian immigrants, about most of the Italian immigrants who've come over here the last 150 years. Right. So let's get right into this. What do you say? We have some great news stories. Um, frankly, as we say, folks, many times, our news is, if you listen to Italian news anyway, is quite often the facts are stranger than fiction. Um, now we're going to get into some of our immigrant news, but first of all, we're going to talk about some news right out of Italy. This is a news article, Marzia, that uh, is fairly 
new in the news here. It says offspring of Italy's last king is suing the Italy basically to reclaim the crown jewels. So I don't know how much of this you know about. This has been going on for, I guess, a couple of years, but this article is relatively new. It came out uh, just a few weeks ago in early February. The descendants of Italy's last king are suing the Italian government in their fight to reclaim the crown jewels of Italy, which for almost 76 years have been stashed away in some safety deposit box at the Bank of Italy. Okay, So the last king of Italy was Umberto II, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently these crown jewels are really something to see. They got something, they comprise of like 6,000 diamonds, 2,000 pearls are, of course, mounted on brooches, necklaces, tiaras, worn by the various um, royalty throughout Italy's history. So um, I guess the hearing for this is going to take place in Rome, a court in Rome on June 7th, to uh, basically determine the outcome of this. It sounds like, from what I'm reading here, the Bank of Italy took all the jewels in June 1946, which was right around the time the Italians voted to no longer have a king, to abolish the monarchy. And, um, but he left. He left. He left. Well, yeah, it says he was banished. He was actually banished into exile. Yeah. Uh, he only ruled, I guess, for 34 days. Mm-hmm. And, um, the jewels are said to uh, have been part of the royal estate. Right. They're right there in the royal estate. Yeah. And his, his heirs are now claiming they should not have been confiscated by the Italian government. And of course, the family is saying they want them back. Um, I'm assuming that the Italian government is saying that they belong to Italy. They're part of the Italian. I think so, because that, we gave know. it to him when he was a king. It's not a king no more. So he's supposed to, what do you want, the castle too, back? Oh, yeah. And the king is kind of like, you know, a representative. Yeah. I mean, if he's a good king, he's yeah. representative of the people. It's really? like a symbol. So you give it to him. He did his job. Right. He quit. Now the dad stayed back there in the castle where he belonged to what he was of history. That's what so it I- is. I'm believing in what you're saying is probably true and probably going to be the outcome. But I think eventually the Italian government's going to say, you know, this is really part of Italy's heritage and culture. Um, and the king is supposed to represent the people anyway. Yeah, you know, so right. let's move on to another story here. This, uh, is a story again, relatively new, it came out about six months ago, actually during the peak of the pandemic. Oh. It says the, th- this Italian region is becoming a haven for digital nomads. So, of course, we all know that throughout the last couple of years with the pandemic from COVID, uh, many people have been forced to work out of their homes. They don't go to offices anymore. But apparently there's a village in northern Italy or a whole region, Emilia Romagna. Okay. And you know where that is? Yes. Yes. Emilia Romagna is a region. Yes. North. Well, this whole region of northern Italy now is attracting digital workers from all over the world. People, you know, who basically do spend all their time working online and they don't really need to have an office. And they're all moving to this area. It's the way this area is trying to get more people there where they can basically work anywhere. They can work, uh, you know, on their balconies. They can work uh, out of their kitchens. Okay. Um, they, they can work outside under their trees. 
And there's some beautiful, I mean, these homes are absolutely fantastically beautiful that um, these people are getting. Mm-hmm. I guess they're getting them at little or no cost. I can even work. Some of them have nice swimming pools there. So uh, we need to get into the digital marketing or the digital world and do our work all digitally. We could, we, we could probably move there, do our radio show over there. What do you think? I like that idea. Call me. I'll be right there. <laughs> well, what we need to find out is, and, and I can't tell you this because it's not covered in the article, but many places like this in Italy are actually giving these homes away for free or the, or at least for very, very small amounts of money. Some of them are already in really great condition and some of them are not. So obviously you got to find the ones that are. So I don't know if that's the case in this region here, but they do that because you're trying to attract, of course, more people to live in these country regions. The only thing you need, of course, is to have good Wi-Fi. So what do you know about that for this region of Emilia Romagna? Amelia Romagna is beautiful. It's right up north, like uh, Bergamo and uh, close to my house, which is in San Padova, all right in the center right there. Is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in the green, not a green. Uh, it's beautiful. They have everything. And I know they take care of good, the, the, the history over there. Not really a lot of damage. But uh, last time I went there, I was really young. So. Well, they're saying they're giving these... Uh... They're giving these homes away either for free or very little money with many other incentives to get people to move there. Because mm-hmm. obviously what happens in a lot of these um, small country areas in Italy, many of the younger people no longer want to live there. So they're all moving to the city. So a lot of these places are becoming uninhabitable. So at history center, that's where the young people, they don't want to stay there. They want to move in the city. Yeah, yeah. But I have not heard directly, is this one of those places that's giving away the free homes? I say that everywhere. It's not only there. Okay? Everywhere. I think so. One of them too, by knowing Florence is everywhere. So because they check, want, we'll have yeah. to check it out and get back to you because maybe that will be where our new office is going to be for the <laughs> European branch yeah. of uh, the Italian radio show. All, All right. right. So let's move right on here. Now we're going to give you some great, really great, I guess, Italian immig- some Italian immigrant news. Um, of mm-hmm. course, one of the most. A famous entertainers of all time, whether you're Italian or not, was Frank Sinatra. But Frank Sinatra definitely was an Italian boy. His parents were Italian immigrants. They came to Hoboken, New Jersey, where he was born. And, of course, um, Frank Sinatra contributed so much to the world, not only in all the entertainment, the wonderful entertainment he gave us for so many years, but also, you know, he raised almost a billion dollars for charity. He does, did a lot of that anonymously. So after many, many years, the city of Hoboken um, honored Old Blue Eyes by putting up a six-foot statue there in town, uh, you know, which will be there forever to honor their favorite son, a great Italian immigrant, or, you know, his family made up of Italian immigrants, but a great Italian-American. So um, I thought that was really cool that, you know, here, a hundred right. years later, they're, they, you know, they're, they're still honoring him, you know? Yeah, it, like I say, he left a really, uh, like a, you talk about the, uh, what he left for Italian. He's one who really worked hard. He did Yeah, yeah, a hundred years after his birth, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Why not? So, it's good. Well, folks, here's your Italian news for the day. We're going to be right back after this short word from our sponsors with a lot more Italian radio show. Don't go away. Oh. 
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Mamma mia, tutta bella pizza. It's fantastic. Joe Fuggero, their owner, is here to tell us more. Yes, authentic pizza from Napoli with seven convenient locations across Puget Sound. Plus grab-and-go products at UFC Costco and Fred Meyer. That's right, Tony. Absolutely. From our kitchen to yours. Take and bake pizzas, fresh grab-and-go salads, tiramisu, and just this week we've added two great new jarred sauces. Rustic marinara and traditional bolognese. Learn more today at tutabella.com. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Folks, we're going to take a 10-second break to allow our affiliate stations across the country to give you their station identification. You're listening to West Coast Italian Radio. Broadcasting at KMET 1490 in Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk radio network. And we are back, folks, with more Italian radio show. Now is our favorite segment. We're Italians. We love to eat. So this is our food segment brought to you by our great sponsor, Tito's Handmade Vodka out of Austin, Texas. Tito's does so much for charities around the country. Next time you're having a special occasion, make sure that Tito's is a part of your beverage. All right. So our food segment, you know, our, our, our theme today is talking about Italian immigrants. Right. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about some Italian American food that really doesn't exist in Italy, but that was developed here by the Italian immigrants when they came to this country. And believe right. it or not, probably the most famous dish in all of the Italian American culture is spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. Spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, that's the one I remember, you know, when all kids we remember growing up with it. Now, of course, these two dishes uh, exist independently in Italy. I mean, meatballs have been around for centuries and centuries. I think uh, mm-hmm. there's some arguments. Some people say they go back to as far as ancient Persia. Um, but in any event, there have been Italian meatballs for many, many uh, years uh, in Italy. Uh, and uh, polpettas, right? That's what they call them. Polpettas, right. And, of course, there's been great spaghetti. Okay? But they just don't do those together in Italy. So, interestingly, 
when the Italian immigrants came here, of course, um, they were very, very poor back around the beginning of the uh, 20th century. And, uh, you know, they wanted to have meat and stuff, but they found the meat was very expensive. So what they did is they made these, you know, the meatballs so they could make the meat go further. And then kind of bulk it up, make the, you know, the meal more. They, they put a lot of pasta, a lot of spaghetti with those, you know, made up of their tomatoes. So as to make these huge dishes to feed these big families they have. Because, like, look, um, our guest today on the show, she comes from an Italian-American family, what, 12, 13 kids. So when you had kids and, like, that amounts to me, you had to do that. So that's kind of how that dish has originated. But let's talk about another dish, Marcia, a dish that many people claim is not actually an Italian dish, but according to this article, they say it is an Italian dish, and that is fettuccine alfredo. Fettuccine okay. alfredo. Okay, so interestingly, according to this uh, particular blog, um, there, and this came out in 2017, they claim that the in, in 1914, there is a guy named Alfredo Di Leo who ran a restaurant in Rome, okay? Via della Scrofa in Rome was where his restaurant was located, okay? And uh, his wife got very, very ill uh, when she was pregnant with, uh, with, her ba- with her second child. So to help her eat, he would make plain pasta, mm. and he would make it with fresh butter and parmesan, Okay. So then he said this to, he said this, I guess they were doing a movie there, one of the early movies being made there by Douglas Fairbanks, and uh, they ate at this guy's restaurant. They loved the recipe so much, they asked for it, they brought it back to the USA, and then it became very popular with the people in Hollywood, this whole, so that's how they're claiming that this recipe was made. That's different, okay. I, I want the name of the people, the blog guy because okay, all right, all right. one because sorry, pasta al burro is one thing. It's butter with cheese. That's what it did. Right, what right. Pasta alfredo is not. It's probably put butter too, but they put other cream, right? Well, it's yeah. Fine. So the what the whole difference is because uh, pasta it, it, yeah, cream, alfredo okay. is one that I make frequently. And you're right. So it basically is the same ingredients in terms of you use butter, you use pasta, and you use um, you use uh, 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 parmesan or Greek. Uh, yeah, you know. but something yeah. else inside. But, but what we but what you also add to it is you add yeah. cream. You add yeah. cream. Okay, so you yeah. add like uh, usually thick uh, cream to it, and that's you know. So it is a little bit of a variation, but again. You know, they're claiming that that's where it actually came from. And then somehow here they started adding cream to it. So, I don't know. It's something, though, that it looks like it actually did have its origin, technically speaking, in Rome. Well, it started like every pasta. It doesn't mean that's, like, that what it tried to do is just because it's, it's the same things that, were, oh, there was cheese in the pasta. Oh, it's the same pasta. Then it's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Because pasta burro is pasta burro, okay? Yeah, we yeah. Have well, century. at the very least, it sounds like they're related, but. There you go, folks, our food segment for the day. So now let's switch gears here to our Italian phrases. Actually, um, I thought this would be kind of fun, again, talking about the immigrants and the Italian-American uh, culture and how kind of the Italian-American language changed some of the Italian stuff to, you know, make it different words, different things. But I thought it would be kind of interesting just to talk about um, – Words that have a completely different meaning 
if you're an Italian American from anybody else, like you know, because um, you know, if you're coming to Italian American household, you're not Italian, you're not Italian American. What do these words really mean? Okay? okay. So first of all, are you ready? Yeah, tell me. I'm curious. I'm okay. Ready. Conversation. So okay. generally, the most people, the word conversation means it's spoken words between two or more people. If wow. you're an Italian American household, conversation is one part yelling. And three-part hand gestures. You know, hey, I'll tell you. And you've got about 16 people talking at the same time. Hey, so, we're involved. You know? Okay. We, con- we have a conversation, conversazione. We are on it. Okay? There you go. Good. Now, indoor voice. Indoor <laughs> voice. Okay? Well, again, okay, <laughs> there's no such word in the Italian language as an indoor voice. It doesn't exist in Italian or the Italian-American vocabulary. So let's move on. Okay. Do this when you go to church. So grandmother, okay, now most people, you'll think of your grandmother as one of your parents, but your nonna, your mm. nonna, okay, if you're Italian, is someone who you can never, ever say, I'm not hungry, grandma. You can say, I'm not hungry, okay? Yeah. And she's responsible for you getting at least five pounds every time you see her, all right? Yeah. Yep, that's true. All right, sweet 16. Now, you have daughters. you got three daughters. Uh, so you do the sweet 16 parties, I'm sure, okay? This is you know, a big time in a girl's life, you know, outside of her wedding. It's kind of when she comes to age and everything. So in Italians celebrate it in style. There's a limo ride. There's, you know, everybody dresses up. And, of course, you got your Uncle Tony, Jimmy, and Guido there to make sure none of the boys get too familiar, right? There and let's train is down south tradition. In the north, we don't have, doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, all right, right, all right. The mob, okay. When people who are not Italian hear about the mob, they immediately think it's a secret organization of Italian criminals, okay? That's not what it means to Italian-Americans. It means that you've got a bunch of your uncles who show up at weddings and funerals, and they wear $1,200 Armani suits claiming they work as garbage men, you know? Yes, that's right. (laughs) All right. A funeral. What does a funeral mean? Okay. For most people, you know, the funeral is a ceremony honoring the death of someone to Italians, a funeral is an excuse to excessively eat. You got these huge, huge receptions after the funeral. And they used to about kill everybody else. There was so much food there. Oh, boy. Okay. Next. All right. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday, of course, is the week, you know, the, the weekend before Monday. It's like, you know, the Lord's Day. But for Italians, first of all, it means you go to Mass for about 10 hours. Then you go come back and you eat. For the next 10 hours, about 40 pounds of food, you know, each of you with all your relatives, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's true. It's, I remember every Sunday we had 50 people in the house, you know. Okay. We're going to move on here to a couple more things here. Uh, here's a good one. Gravy. Oh, Gravy is typically a brownish sauce made of juices of cooked meat. That's what it means for most Americans. But for Italian Americans, it usually is marinara sauce. Much to the confusion of your non-Italian friends. All right, there you go, folks. Your Italian phrases of the day. We've done our public service. In case any of you are going to an Italian-American house, you're going to know what to expect. A salute. And this great segment is brought to you by our fantastic sponsor, Tutta Bella Pizzeria up in the Northwest. They got multiple locations, plus they got some of their great products and the grocery stores up there. For the real, authentic Neapolitan pizza, make sure you check out Tutabella. Thank you so much for sponsoring our Italian phrases.
So, Marcia, for our Artist of the Week, I thought we would recognize probably the greatest Italian immigrant singer, entertainer that ever lived, Enrico Caruso. Uh, yeah. You know, the great Caruso, as he was known, considered to be the greatest um, opera singer that ever lived. Um, certainly when you hear some of his uh, recordings, even though they're very old and kind of scratchy, you can't hear all the high fidelity, but you can hear his technique was just amazing, the way he breathed, the way he phrased, the way he could sustain things. And, you know, even the modern singers or the great recordings have never been able to really come close to doing any of that stuff with their voices. But he was uh, right out of Naples. He was really big here in the United States from 1902 to 1920. And he was the first one who started to record, make recordings, to commercially commercially release records, um, which made him an international entertainment star, big pop star. Um, he, we had many, many, of course, mostly he did opera. Uh, he did a couple of pop songs. The song O Sole Mio, uh, which is, you know, almost now considered like the Italian national anthem, was written, in fact, for Enrico Caruso, and he was the first one who sang that. And so Caruso had quite, I mean, there was just nobody else really who accomplished what he did, if you consider the time that he lived and how famous he was, how many people he reached, and what he could do with his voice. This doesn't take away, of course, from other great singers like Luciano Pavarotti, or Andrea Bocelli, Mario Lanz, and many others. But um, the truth is that if you go back and look at, you know, the time he was in, comparatively, uh, he was just really the greatest one. So here is kind of a little mix I put together of some of the great Caruso songs to give you an idea of what he could do and how he could change his voice to, you know, if you sing something heavy, something light, it would almost sound like two different voices.
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Mamma mia, tutta bella pizza. It's fantastic. Joe Fuggero, their owner, is here to tell us more. Yes, authentic pizza from Napoli with seven convenient locations across Puget Sound. Plus grab-and-go products at UFC Costco and Fred Meyer. That's right, Tony. Absolutely. From our kitchen to yours. Take and bake pizzas, fresh grab-and-go salads, tiramisu, and just this week we've added two great new jarred sauces, rustic marinara and traditional bolognese. Learn more today at tutabella.com. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com Uomo sfoto la luna marchiore pure repisce c'è fra Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Italian Radio Show, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network down here at KMET Palm Springs. I'm your host, Tony Lestala, with the lovely Marcia Caputo from Vincenza, Italy. And Marcia, we're bringing back a great guest today. I mean, since our entire program is all about Italian immigrants, you know, people who came to America from Italy back from basically the middle of the 1800s, right up to modern times, but a huge, huge inflection of people who came in right around the early 1900s. We have a great gal, Josephine Pasquarello, who has been with us before. She wrote a book before about uh, her family. That, no, they had something like 42 kids, and they had a lot of kids in this family. Yeah. They were like the quintessential Italian family with tons of kids to the point where, like, if the older kids wanted to raise the younger kids. You tell the story. Refresh our mind. Welcome back to the show, Josephine. Nice to have you. Hello, and thank you for having me again. My mother and father had 12 children, okay. and then we had nieces and nephews, 27. See, I, yeah. when I said 50, I wasn't, I wasn't that far off. Family <laughs> reunions, a Sunday dinner at your house must have been like, you know, free for all. Uh, that was like on a Sunday night, maybe 35 of them could show up and we wow. all would sit together. Two big tables in the kitchen and one in the dining room. <laughs> See, Marcia, that's why we came up with recipes like spaghetti and meatballs. Because you had to make food go a long way back in those days. Okay, so now, Josephine, uh, wonderful to have you back. You've written yet another book about your family. I know the last book was uh, kind of talked about your mother and, you know, and, and growing up with these 12 kids and, you know, the various challenges and uh, 
things that experience that you had. Your newest book is called Life's Journey. And if I understand this correctly, this is about your Italian immigrant grandmother who came here, right? And she came, well, and she came over, what was the year? 1899? She came in 1899. 1899. All right. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about this. Now you're back, uh, you said in uh, Philadelphia. That's correct. Philadelphia. Love Philadelphia. I had an uncle who lived in northern Philly, but I used to go to southern Philly to see the Mario Lanza Museum. I always loved Philadelphia. So, Well, that's South Philly. That's where the family came. Like when my mother, when my grandmother came from Italy in 1899, that's where she came to South Philadelphia. So it sounds like there's some parallels in these two books. So tell us, like, oh, yeah. what, what, what's the difference with the two books? Uh, well, one is about my mother, love and loyalty, yeah, and one is yeah. about my grandmother, which are they're not the same family. Yeah, uh, it's my father's mother, my grandmother. It's oh, I got gotcha. The same parallel because they both ended up. They're both from Abruzzo. Uh-huh. They, uh huh. They both ended up having twelve children. They uh, there's so many parallels with the both of them. It's really weird. Like my father kind of married. His mother, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the the things that they did. They both worked really hard. uh, They both had uh, uh, broken accents. They loved their children. They cooked, they cleaned. Everything was homemade. So there was a lot that they were like each other. So when your grandmother came over in 1899, um, was she already married or did she, was she unmarried? She came on a solo trip with... Four dollars in her pocket. Wow. And how old was she? She just had turned 18. So a young solo girl. Man, that back in those days, 1899, that was really quite a unique thing for a young woman to yeah. be traveling alone to come to a country like America. I mean, it was like a, almost a one way journey back then because it wasn't like now you just hop a flight, go back and forth. I mean, once you were here, you were really here. And you, and, and it took over two weeks then in 1899, that ship. And coming across in that dirty, smelly hole and all that rotten food that they had to eat. And then to come here and not knowing what she was going to get or what she expected to get when she, you know, planted her feet on the American soil. Right, right. Because they all were told that the streets are paved in gold. Sure. Mm-hmm. There was a whole thing that I was reading about. In fact, we'll cover it a little more in our after hours show. A lot of the... I guess you would call them almost lies or, you know, things that were told yes. to a lot of the Italian immigrants to get them to come over yes. because you know, they're basically one of these people come over, they're looking for cheap labor here, you know? Oh, yeah. And so oh, they would yeah. tell them all kinds of stories. So when your grandmother came, I, I assume she came through Ellis Island, right? Ellis Island, then the train over to Philadelphia. So why did she pick Philadelphia? Because that's where Raphael Pasquarella was. She was coming from Italy for an arranged marriage to Philadelphia. Gotcha. My grandfather. Eight months after she got here, she married him. And that's interesting because there were back in those days, 
which, you know, we think about wasn't really that long ago. It was only about a hundred years ago or a little over, you know, there still were these arranged marriages Mm -hmm. where you basically never really met your spouse. Sometimes you didn't meet them till your wedding day. So she probably was fortunate that she actually came over, uh, had a few months to get to know the guy, you know, and I was wondering, okay, so what happened like if, 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 if you had this arranged marriage and the two people, when they finally meet, they just hate each other. I mean, what could you do? I mean, are you stuck with it? I mean, is there any way you get out or not? No, listen, I have a friend who her grandparents, when her grandmother came over to marry, and it was an arranged marriage to yeah. marry this man, her grandfather, yeah. she hated him until the day she died. She hated him, and they had eight children. Wow, man, man. But they had to stay together. Yeah, it was different in those days, certainly. And for nothing else, you stayed together because, you know, it was a struggle being an Italian immigrant. And I know that our people back in those times, there was a lot of prejudice against Italians. Um, You know, they almost looked at at us in the same way that, you know, they had treated the blacks like we were sub, you know, substandard race of people. Uh, And it took many years I mean, really a whole generation to, you know, until we started to acclimate into the American culture and, you know, we started being recognized for our contributions, you know. So tell me a little bit more about that. She came over, she got married. She liked the guy, obviously, right? Well, he was really good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's. Look that, that helps. That helps. <laughs> that helps a lot. <laughs> and what, you, what, what did your grandfather do in uh, South Philly? Well, originally, you know, the Italian market in South Philadelphia on 9th Street is the oldest open market here in America. My grandfather sold produce, but eventually he then became a bartender on Dock Street where all the ships came in with the stevedores and things like that. Wow. Wow. It's yeah. something. I have a friend to this day. He's a wonderful Italian accordion player who plays oh, yeah. at that market to this day. Okay. He goes down. And he, I, I don't know how often he plays there, but I know throughout the year he goes down and plays at that market in South Philly, which I hear is still vibrantly alive today, right? Well, y- yes, it is. But also there's Termini's Bakery on 8th Street. Termini's Bakery on Saturday sometimes will have the uh, accordion player. Yeah. Case will be open, and we, when we go in to get our pastries, we chuck them some dollars. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's so much fun. I crack up laughing every time I walk in. And it's kind of like a, a little piece of the old world is still <laughs> there. So tell us a little bit more of your book, Life's Journey, uh, about your grandma. Tell us a little bit more about it. Okay, when uh, she came, and then they got married, and. Uh, in eight, in the really soon before she married him, my great grandfather died. My uh-huh. great grandfather and my great grandparents came over in 1888 when my grandfather and his two younger brothers were kids. Gotcha. So they all lived together. So when, um, Giltrude came over, she moved in with them, but then my grandfather died shortly after. And then uh-huh. she married, and grandmom stayed there, great-grandmother, and then one right after the other, for the first five babies, six babies, she just kept giving birth to babies. Wow, wow, man. man. When, she, when they moved into, they lived on League Street, which is a street behind the Italian market. It's a yeah. rubbery, rubbery little house. That whole section in South Philadelphia was Irish at the time. 
Uh-huh. So the Irish said, we're moving out. We don't want to be with these Southern Italians. Right. They moved out of the neighborhood and gave it to the Southern Italians. And the Irish moved to Second Street in South Philadelphia. And they still have Second Street, but we still have the Italian market. Gotcha. And I know there was a lot of conflict back in those days oh, yeah. between the Italians and the Irish, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that, I mean, it took several uh, decades of them, you know, finally, you know, I think it was probably till the 40s, and the 50s, they started really working together and mm-hmm. finding, you know, and interestingly, you know, I, I'm married to an Italian. I mean, I'm married to an Irish woman. Um, and I'm married I, to an Irish man. There you go. See, and it was <laughs> the whole thing when I grew up, it was like, no, don't marry an Italian girl. She's going to drive you nuts. going to remind you of being married to your sister. They got such a mouth on them. Trust me. I, I work with Marcia. I can tell you this is true. Oh, such a mouth on these girls. You, know? you, you should hear her daughter. Her daughter's even worse, you know? Yep. I, love, I, I love your daughter, Angel. I just, I'm just teasing you. Know? But I mean, no, but the whole thing was, now you want to marry an Irish girl, marry a Jewish mm-hmm. girl, you know? They're going to be more interesting. They're more exotic, you know? And, and so, sure. And my, and my Irish wife makes great Italian food, so, you know. You have the best of both worlds. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You know, absolutely. All right. So we only have a couple of minutes left. Tell people how they can get a copy of your book, where they can go, how they can get this. Um, you can do it on Amazon. Amazon is selling my book. They've had it now. I got it three weeks ago. And you also can do it at Barnes & Noble. Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So mm-hmm. you go in there and you just put in Life's Journey by Josephine B. Pasquarello. And it'll come right up. And it comes right up there. And then your first book was what? Love and Loyalty. That one automatically, Love and Loyalty will come up with the Life's Journey when you do it on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And I know I we enjoyed so much reading your book, Love and Loyalty. I it was been it's been a couple of years. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this one too, you know, and it's great because, you know, our whole thing today, of course, is about the Italian immigrants and the challenges and, you know, what they did yeah. to, you know, kind of become part of the American culture and how much they contributed really. I mean, for having to struggle so much when they come over, they contributed so much uh, in the last hundred years to America. You wouldn't have the same America if you didn't have the Italians. Oh, and here, they help know. us uh, now. Italian, we arrive here in Italy you know, how your family came through here, the difficult time, how hard it was, it make it easier for us. It helped us. I feel bad. Everything is in the right way for what they did. You know, it wasn't easy. So we always think when we speak with Italian, we always have in mind um, the generation, the time, what they went through is always. And and that's what what history is all about. Mm -hmm. You know how people say they want to, Swipe out history. You can't no. swipe it out. Yeah. It's what's telling us to get to the next stages of right. the Absolutely. next generation after us. Yeah. Just, and, wh- and whether you like the history or not, okay. whether it's good or bad, right. it still is history and yep. there's lessons to be learned. Well, thank you so much, Josephine. We love having you on the show. We look forward to having you back again when you write your next book or sooner, <laughs> you know. But thanks so much, folks. You are listening to the Italian radio show, KMET Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. E tu dici parto a Dio, ta lontare da stu core, da sta terra dell'amore. Hi, 
I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Authentic pizza from Napoli right here in the Northwest? With multiple occasions at Puget Sound, Puna Bella provides real Neapolitan pizza. Plus the grab-and-go products at QFC, Costco, and Fred Meyer. Take and bake pizzas, grab-and-go salads, pastas, sauces, tiramisu. I hear you could even add them to your Smith Brothers Farms order. Tutta bella, the real deal for authentic Napolitan pizza and Italian food. Go to the website today to learn more at tutabella.com. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Folks, we're going to take a 10-second break to allow our affiliate stations across the country to give you their station identification. You're listening to West Coast Italian Radio. Broadcasting at KMET 1490 in Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. Our song of the week, O Sole Mio, a true immigrant song written for the great tenor Enrico Caruso, performed by Tony Lastella and Vinnie Frioli on guitar. Che bella cosa Nairnare sole Naria serena Dopo la tempesta 
fresca e pareggiane festa che bella cosa nairna del sole time to talk about our great events that we have coming up over the next 30 to 60 days. Uh, we have many other events way out on the horizon that we've mentioned in some of the earlier shows. We're going to really focus on just the main events that are going on in the western United States, since we are technically the West Coast Italian radio show, although sometimes we will hit events in the other parts of the country, even in other areas of the world, if they're big enough. But typically speaking, we like just to focus on some of the major events uh, coming up here in the Western USA. Folks, if you have an event you would like to submit to our show, please do so. Uh, you can send it directly. Go to our website, wcir.biz, and there's a link there where you can send us an email. Send us an email. Tell us all about your event. If uh, it, it, you know If it's not big enough, for us to feature on our regular event calendar here live every week. We will, at the very least, get it on our event calendar on the website, which lists all the events going on throughout the Western USA, the little events, even the meetings just of your local Italian organization. So please do send us all your events, whatever their size is, and one way or the other, we'll get some word out for you, whether it's on the website or here on the show. 
So, first of all, March 5th is the Austin Italian Festival in Austin, Texas. Uh, Austin is a wonderful, wonderful town. I've spent some time there. i got some family who moved there from New York. Beautiful, beautiful place. If you're down in the area on March 5th, be sure to check out the Austin Italian Festival. March 13th and 14th, we have the Taste of Italy in Houston. Now, this sounds like a fun event. I guess what it is is um, it's the biggest Italian trade show in the United States where they bring in a lot of different goods and services and stuff that, you know, originated in Italy, and it's taking place down there in Houston, Texas. So if you're down in that area, please be sure to check it out. March 17th through 20th, in Las Vegas, Nevada, we have the San Gennaro Feast. I know they have different San Gennaro festivals around the country, but if you go to Las Vegas, they always put on a great, great show and a great festival down there, March 17th to 20th. And I know you can get great uh, tickets to get uh, airline tickets to get into Las Vegas uh, at a discount from different parts of the country. So it's well worth seeing. March 19th, here's one you'll like, Marcia, Albano. Albano Live, his live tour of 2022. After two years of being away on account, of course, of COVID, he's returning to America with an Italian concert. He's doing concerts in, in other places as well, but the one we know about out west here is going to be in Los Angeles at the Wilshire Ebel Theater on March 19th. Sounds like a lot of fun. On uh, Albano is one of the most beloved and famous Italian singers of all time. March 19th, also uh, in Texas, in the, is the Dickinson Little Italy Italian Festival of Galveston. Galveston, Texas, love that place. Got a lot of friends down there. If you're in that area, make sure you check it out. And last but not least, April 9th is the Dallas Italian Festival in Dallas, Texas, with all of our Italian friends down there. Now, you know, Marcy, I have to tell you, people, if they really want to have a little more Italian radio every week, what they need to go do is they need to go onto our website and they need to subscribe to our After Hours show, Radio Italiano Lucerosa. Basically, it's the red light show, folks. It's where we tell you what we really think about things. Of course, you've got to be 18 years and over to subscribe, but you don't want to miss this show because we got great guests on there and we really get into our topics in a nitty-gritty way uh, without mincing words, so to speak. Uh, whereas, you know, when we're on an FCC station like ABC here, we have to be careful with what we say. So uh, thank God for the Internet and podcast, because then you can get the true Italian treatment of people expressing themselves vividly. Check, check that out at your first convenience. Our new website is up, so go to WCIR.biz, where you can check out our after-hours show. You can also... Get our regular show here, which is on our podcast. When we're done with this show, it goes right up into our archives. And we have podcasts there of all of our shows from the last seven years. I think we had about 700 hours worth of shows there. Great, great guests. Uh, and just share them with your friends, share them with your family all over the place. We also have the first international Italian business directory up there on our um, website, and we're adding more and more businesses all the time. Our goal is here within the next couple of years, no matter where you are on the planet, you can go to our website at wcir.biz, and you can find an Italian business, whatever you're looking for in your you know local area right there. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Marcia Caputo, do you have anything to add to any of this? Nothing. You're great. And honestly, they sound all good as festival. So... Well, we always have a great time with uh, on the show together. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, we'll be back next week with a brand new show with the Italian radio show, KMET Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. A salute. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, bambina. My heart is calling while rain is falling. I cry with you.